Hi, I'm Josh. And I'm Gabriel. And today on Reading the Gospel, we are studying about Jesus' mission and the subsequent rejection of that. We'll be reading out of the book of Luke, chapter 4, and we're going to start in verse 14 and read all the way to verse 30. Follow along with us. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went out through all the surrounding country. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And, as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the ear of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? And he said to them, Doubtless you will quote me this proverb, Physician, heal yourself. What we have heard you do at Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. And he said, Truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. But in truth I tell you, there are, were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, and when the heavens were shut up three years and six months, a great famine came over the land, and Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel at the time of the prophet Elisha. None of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. When they heard all these things in the synagogue, they were filled with wrath, and they rose up and drove him out of the town and brought him to the brow of a hill on which their town was built, so that they could throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went away. This is a interesting story. It's coming as, as Jesus is entering into the Galilean ministry. Um, and so uh, this is a, another phase of his ministry. Verse uh, 14 in Luke chapter 4 is right after his baptism and temptation. Mm -hmm. And that happened kind of a year and a half prior. Yeah. How come that uh, Luke is skipping this uh, time of year and a half? The different writers had different focuses. Mm -hmm. And um, their, their goals were not necessarily to um, name everything that Jesus did, but to prove a point or, or to build their arguments for, for the cases they were making. So it doesn't mean that Luke is wrong here versus John who is right. No. Uh, it doesn't mean that he 
um, didn't do his homework and didn't have any research about this year and a half and this is why he skipped it. Now it was a different purpose, yeah. a different audience, um, a different focus as you said. And you know we do this. Um, when I tell stories about my past, it's not always the exact same points, the exact same. It depends on the audience or who's listening. You know, mm -hmm. it, it changes for um, the circumstance. And, and mm -hmm. I, I think that's what we find here. It's interesting to note that this is not the only place this, this event is found. Uh, the opening of the Galilean ministry. We also find this in Matthew 4.12 and Mark 14 and 15, although those are, are much more concise accounts of this and this is why we're focusing on Luke today. Just uh, um, one more uh, remark. Jesus Christ concludes his ministry in Judea, that is the southern province of Israel those times, mm -hmm. and now he comes back to the place where he was brought up, uh, the place he was raised. And Jesus Christ comes to uh, these people and in the first part of this reading it seems that everyone loved him and uh, the Bible says he taught in their synagogues he was glorified by all verse 15 mm -hmm. and uh, they gave him the scroll to read by the way Jesus Christ was able to read and to write uh, remember when he wrote in the sand mm -hmm. uh, even if he did not attend um, rabbinical schools he was well educated but in the second part of the reading people swinged mm -hmm. all the way to the other extreme and hated him to death yeah and that seems to be in a matter of minutes are we human beings able to do this we do this all the time <laughs> i mean um, politics are in a perfect example of a politician who is loved one minute and then everyone calls them to resign the next minute. I've, I've seen it happen in, in many different circles, even outside of that, in, in personal circles. That the, the thing is, we all are sinners and all of us have faults and flaws. We, we just hide those from other people. And when those come out, people's opinions can quickly change of someone. So Jesus Christ, by trying to read their minds, he said, you might be thinking and even quoting this proverb, physician, heal yourself. By saying this, Jesus Christ revealed their thoughts. Yeah. And they were horrified by whatever it was in their hearts and they rejected that new revelation about themselves and they tried to silence that voice. Well, and what that new revelation was, Jesus was saying, you know, God doesn't work the way you want him to work. Mm -hmm. um, during the time of Elijah, he, Elijah didn't go to one of the widows in Israel and provide food for them. And, and you know, there were widows there, they were starving, they were suffering. But he was sent to Sidon, mm -hmm. or Zarephath, excuse me. And then Elisha didn't go to heal all the leopards in Israel, mm -hmm. but he went outside of Israel to, to heal Naaman, a Syrian. And this is what got them mad, that 
that Jesus wasn't here to to serve them, but he was here to serve the heathens as well. What I hear Jesus saying is uh, both Elijah mm -hmm. and uh, Elisha were not able to perform those miracles in Israel because of a lack of faith. Mm -hmm. And practically, Jesus said, I was able to perform these miracles in Judea or in Cana or in other places because those people um, embraced me and my ministry. And these people really rejected not only Jesus, mm -hmm. uh, the person, but Jesus' ministry or that kind of Messiah. Getting to our questions, what does this tell us about God? Well, uh, God knows our thoughts. In fact, one of the promises mm -hmm. to Mary was that Jesus Christ would help reveal the thoughts of many people. And he's starting doing this here. Mm -hmm. And even if his mission extracted from the book of Isaiah, quoting the Bible, uh, those people rejected the, the mission of Jesus Christ. And in fact, they really needed that. Yeah, uh, They needed to have someone anointed by the Holy Spirit to proclaim the good news or the gospel to the poor. They really were in that bondage of sin. Their ideas, the preconception, the false expectations were kind of keeping them bound in a chain. Mm -hmm. And Jesus Christ came to give them the liberty, the freedom to bring sight to the blind, liberty to the oppressed. And they have rejected that offer. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. I, I think, you know, what does this tell us about God? This tells us God's mission. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this is, um, as you've said, Jesus' mission statement mm -hmm. um, that he's sharing. Um, and so what was God's task on earth? This is it, mm -hmm. uh, that, this, that, that he was reading in Isaiah. So this leads us to the second question. How is this passage speaking to us today? And, and for me, it's a combination of what we've been talking about. Um, that it is easy for us to reject someone mm -hmm. um, based on outward appearances, based on our motives, our understanding. Um, and this group here that rejected Jesus, they didn't just reject him. Oh, it's a bad sermon. I'm going to a different synagogue. Mm -hmm. um, or I'm not coming back to this church. You know, They actually took him out to throw him off a cliff. It is exactly what... Uh... Herod did to John the Baptist, as we studied a couple of uh, episodes back, mm -hmm. try to silence that voice. Yeah. When uh, Jesus revealed what is deep in their hearts, they, they could not accept that. And they wanted to silence that voice. Mm -hmm. It is one of our natural uh, inclinations or reactions of us as human beings. We try to silence that voice that tells us something is not right that something is not in sync with the truth of god yeah yeah i know i've been there in my life um when i was running away from god just anyone godly i couldn't stand to be around because that voice that that calls us back um and, and you, you when you're fighting god you can't be in that presence next question is what are we going to do about it so when we see this mood swing from loving 
absorbing any word coming out of his mouth, saying, look, this guy really speaks with authority. And going all the way to that extreme, to uh, ready to kill him, to silence his voice forever. When I read this passage, even this morning once again, I said, Lord, please don't let this happen ever, ever in my life. This is, we are called to surrender our will to the will of God, mm -hmm. to have that neutral attitude when God will reveal something, to be ready to, to accept that. Yeah. And uh, to always have a mind and a heart ready to listen to the whisper of the Holy Spirit. I think for me, it goes back to that Isaiah. You know, we, we can claim that mission as our own to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to um, and the recovering of sight to the blind, and set at liberty those who are oppressed. You know, even without miracles, we can work to to be hands and feet for God to those in our community and in our sphere of influence. And this ties into the last question. This yeah. is the best way to share yeah. uh, this story, to be an extension of the ministry of Jesus Christ. Because it's better to share through actions than it is through speech. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Both of us have kids, and many times we give them some gifts, and once in a while we have to make them aware that we did that. <laughs> <laughs> we have to remind them, not because we want that, right? Yeah. We'd like them to recognize, to be part of this cycle of giving and yeah. receiving. So once in a while, it is like here, Jesus Christ says, hey, this is my mission statement. I've been doing this for a year and a half. I will do it for another, uh, for a couple of more years. Mm -hmm. But uh, look, uh, this is what the Bible says I'm supposed to do, and this is what I'm doing. Let's pray. Father God, I'm so thankful that you sent Jesus to the earth, not just to sit and tell everyone what we're doing wrong, but to set the captives free. Mm -hmm. Set us free from sin. Set us free from bondage and poverty and sickness and to minister to those around. Jesus' mission on the earth was to prepare the way for the kingdom. Amen. And Father, we too can take part in this. And I pray that our actions will speak louder than our words. Amen. We will work for others, especially in times when no one will even notice. That, that it's a selfless working, that we're doing it for the good of others, and we, we don't require thanksgiving or recognition. I pray, Father, that you will help us to lift up those around, to understand that we all fall at times, and to not go from loving to hating people over an instance, but to continue to strive to see them as children of God. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.